We are just winging it. The band. <laughs> maybe. I'm just trying maybe that out. The I'm band. Just I, that I think out. You're, you're definitely going full steam ahead on this idea right now. I this, literally this just mentioned it to you. Yeah. Yeah, they got cooked up about a minute before we started recording. But uh, you know, as I tend to do, I'm already getting excited about it, and I'm already like totally ready to go. We can be one of these bands where, because it's just winged band, we've got so much liberty there, right? Where we can just change people in and out all the time. And like, yeah. It's just this diverse um, group that never knows what they're doing. It's the ethos, right? Like, That's we are exactly. called, like, basically we're telling people with our name, we don't know what's going to happen. This right? is a whole corporation. I mean, we could have just winging at lunchboxes out there. Yeah. Everyone is a little different and, like, defective in some way, you know? Yeah. We could have, like, one of those sweet vans. You, you know, oh, yeah. I was talking with somebody about this recently. There's like never good vans in anything anymore. That's true. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we have yeah. the, the A Team, you know, like all these like seventies and eighties action series where like We've the heroes drove some kind of a van around, but like they don't do that, I think, because of like pedophiles. We so should. that's <laughs> valid. But like <laughs> we should we should re you know, reclaim the van as like a, a glorious probably, thing. Yeah. Start trademarking all this too, because anybody who's listening right now, I mean, you know, we don't own any rights to anything, so that's true. Just do this, and you know, they're frantically everybody's pulling the car see, over, they're like, "Man, that's the beauty of this." The just wing it band, anybody can do that. Go for it. Open that, source. That would, that would only help. This is an organic, viral uh, act of love. <laughs> that's that's also what <laughs> some people call herpes, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I mean, how are you doing? It's been it's been a while. It's summer. It's officially it summer now. Last yeah. time we talked, it wasn't even summer. It was like you know winter, and Joe was still in a pool somewhere, um, thinking it was summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Does anybody know what month it is? Uh, no, I'm doing great. It has been a while. Uh, it has been a, a a very intense month in a lot of ways, but you know, ultimately, I think a pretty good one. Uh, and we are now gearing. You know, we're going to have another break in episodes because we're about to go to Italy. And that's like, you know, so I'm trying to get my ducks in a row for that trip I right know. now. You're going soon, right? Like within a couple we weeks? We are. We're going in like a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, my God. Oh, and week. actually just over a week. Yeah. We're leaving on Monday the 11th and we're getting back on the 27th I just saw your heart start pumping faster yeah. when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's been so far off for so long. And, you know, we luckily did ahead of time all the things that we needed to. So we got the kids' passports. I got mine renewed. Um, you know, I got my international driving permit because I'm going to, oh. I just have to get a stick shift I remember while those. we're in Italy yeah, and drive yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so we have our stuff, we, you know, paid everything off that we needed to worry about. So we're like, you know, the, the pets are going to be kenneled. Are you coming like, back? We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have new identities. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be called Giuseppe now. We're, we now are Italian citizens. <laughs> yeah. We've closed out all our bank accounts. Yeah. <laughs> our house is on the market. You may see it. Um, but it's like, you know, we, we wanted to, uh, this trip was really initially, so there's two, two reasons behind it, which I've spoken a little bit about. But first is it's our 10 year anniversary and we went to this particular yeah. place for our first Oh, you're you going know, back honeymoon. to the same place. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So our home base is going to be on Anacapri on the island oh, of, of Capri. Man. Um, and then we're going to do some family historical sites like Caserta and other places in Campania where we have like That's a whole family episode members. in and of itself, right? The idea of going to a place during your honeymoon and then with kids and like yeah. sharing the, the contrast, like the things, I mean, that, that'll be awesome to hear about. Yeah. I'm actually really excited to see how different you know, and a lot, yeah. a lot of people are like, well, why are you doing it with the kids? Like, they're too young. It's going to be a pain in the ass. And I'm like, yes. And also, yes, <laughs> I get that. But part of it is like to do it 
because it's hard. We're, we're basically the John F. Kennedy of going on vacation. You know, we, we, we chose to do the hard thing, you know, because it is hard. Clearly. Because I feel like uh, we needed, you know, so this is celebrating our anniversary, but it's also something that we booked like six months ago during a, a, a really bad spot where Micah was really down at work and I was really down just in COVID depression land. And we were like, you know, our 10 years coming up, like we're going to get back there. Let's just like book it and start working towards it. And that's why we started taking the Italian lessons and we started doing all these little things to sort of get our, you know, yeah, yeah. get our stuff together. And, uh, and now we're like finally here and we're finally leaving and the world does feel different and we do feel Very. better. And mm-hmm. Micah's work is in a way better place. And like, you know, we feel like uh, we're really, and the kids have been, we've been pre-gaming this trip for forever now. So the kids are like super excited about it. And, uh, and and we're doing it like as a challenge. This is specifically an intense, you know, two and a half week family outing that uh, we are excited to like push our comfort zone with because we've been kind of awesome. trapped in our comfort zone for I a mean, long time. I mean, that's you. you know? That's like what you guys do, right? This is like yeah. peak green family i love this is it full ass left and right i love it that's gonna be awesome and i look forward to hearing about it but it does Thanks, like man. you said mean that we're gonna be on a break i don't know how long we're gonna you know again just winging it right so <laughs> um we may come back in another month we may come back in two who knows summertime's um, always a little weird and just winging it land it's it's okay you know it is our family is okay. our family knows what's up that's right and yeah we're we're excited we we went away to uh burlington vermont for a week um two weeks ago now i guess you did and that was a lot of fun Uh, i hadn't really been up there and we have a couple other trips just like scattered you know throughout kind of uh equally distributed across the whole summer a week here uh two more weeks over the course of the rest of the summer and i'm excited to just like you know take time i mean it's um feels a lot different doesn't it (laughs) for a lot of reasons right with summer now um where we're at with the, the pandemic, where our kids are at, their ages. I just feel like, you know, this is some of what we'll get into um, in the episode, but I just, I feel a distinct um, chapter here versus, you know, kind of where we were in prior summers. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. I uh, I like how we're already segueing into the episode. It, listeners, just so you know, the reason we are in a hurry this morning is because John oh, man. is going to meet a guy in a parking lot. A mall to parking buy, lot. In a mall parking lot yeah. to buy a new Telecaster. Well, new-ish. It's be like in a back alley. Yeah. Telecaster, which I'm assuming will be in a in a brown paper bag for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> just a massive, it's going to be in his coat. Why, He's going to open his jacket. The, why is the visual of a brown paper bag that is tall enough to hold a guitar just so fucking funny? Like, just imagine, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a shopping bag, like a like a grocery store brown paper bag, but that's yeah. tall enough to hold With little it. handles on it. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I officially, I think it's safe to say, I have a problem at this point, considering I'm I'm not a professional and I've literally performed. You know, I mean, well, I guess I've done some family stuff, but I've I've performed once. With you virtually over Zoom, that's the extent of my musical career, folks. And that was last Christmas, and yet, you know, I made it this far into the year without getting uh, a new guitar. And like, I'm not at a point. I see, I'm already justifying. I'm you, not at a point. I love how you, you in yeah. real time. This is yeah. this is a case you study, people. Okay? Exactly. You're exactly. listening in real time to how we try to justify things. So keep, that's going, right. keep going. So I'm not at a stage where I'm. I'm spending like you know lucrative amounts of money on guitars, right? I'm still going for like the mid level, like. Because I I would just feel wrong getting something that would be of professional you know level, um, that someone might take touring or whatever. I'm not there, but then again, yeah, who the fuck am I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so honestly, you know what? I'm not gonna be guilty about it because here's why. I I have found it just insanely rewarding to have a hobby where 
I'm just fully in the moment. And it's like a combination of, you know, the making of music, but also um, the the collector aspect of it, you know, and I hope to I hope in the best ways in that I'm actually using these things. I'm not just sort of hanging them up on a wall, although whatever, if you do that, um, it's just so rewarding um, to, to, you know, honor what has been this just long history of guitar players and people, you know, learning and and honing in on it. And, and I know, I do know there are limits to this and I have to keep it all in check. So I know you're not the one who's going to help me do that. I know uh, Bethany probably, probably will, or she'll, I will always be the bad angel. Exactly. exactly. I'm the default bad angel for people. Yeah, you are, you are. And that's okay. I appreciate that too. I need, there's a place for that. So we'll see what happens, but you know, it's all building up towards something. And I think just winging it band, um, it, it's it may well be a real thing. We're gonna go on stage next year, and it's getting later in the year, and we're gonna have like thirty eight thousand dollar, like beautiful, pristine, yeah. t- like suncasters. Yeah, from and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna Fender hold Jazz. all the guitars at once. You know, like a, <laughs> yeah. it's like the Leonardo da Vinci like guitar. Th- have you seen? It? Never mind. Uh, okay, yeah, like the Vitruvian Man, but with Rickenbackers yeah. or something yeah, like there's, that. There, yeah, there's there. Yeah, there's already like a shirt with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there should be. It's pretty great. Yeah. So one other thing I keep forgetting, I've already forgotten the last two episodes to give a shout out to my sister who had a, I guess what I'd call a just wing it moment or more, more specifically a exploding toilet moment that she wanted to share with everyone. Um, a la Patrick Green and some of the famous stories you've told here. But um, since I can't tell it in detail, it'll be a quick one because I wasn't there, uh, thankfully. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, so she was in her, her gym bathroom and had a similar scenario where the toilet unexpectedly after flushing it just lost control and was just bubbling out water that then spilled out of the stall and started started going into the other stalls the water that's how much water there was oh my god and like you could hear she could hear other people reacting to that the fucking water was spilling out under her stall into others. <laughs> so she just fucking beelined it out to tell the front desk. I hope she washed her hands first to, to tell the front desk and, and deal with it. But like, imagine how embarrassing at, you know, being at a gym and just having it fucking explode, like you know, going and, to the sides of the stall too. It, it's next level when it hits other people's stalls, you know yeah, what I that's, mean? That's the ocean has <laughs> let forth a mighty torrent. Yeah. I'm really sorry to hear that. I mean, she she framed it all as hilarious. You know, she she wanted me to share it because she enjoyed how perfect it was for the show. Um, Is she allowed in the gym still? Uh, she they have actually they have a wanted sign. They do. Uh, they haven't yeah. seen her since. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's got actually poop emojis changed on identities. It. Yeah, she's part of the witness protection program currently. <laughs> <laughs> and her witness ID card it has like her face, but just the smiling poop emoji <laughs> over the top of it. <laughs> I have a just wing a story from a listener too. Oh, actually, man. go let's hear it. Uh, actually, he sent me about twelve of them, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna do one for today. We'll save the rest for next time, Dan. Uh, but Dan said he once pooped a turd so wide that it felt like he was giving birth, and he started bleeding. <laughs> and we had to pull the toilet off the floor because he clogged the sewage pipe. What? Yeah, the actual sewage pipe. Had he eaten uh, concrete before that or something? I like, should ask him. Heck? Yeah, that's uh, that's that sounds they like a nightmare. Pull the toilet. Remove the toilet. Yeah. I'm just imagining that moment and that he, for some reason, because you wouldn't necessarily know in that moment what to do, right? Because you've just taken a dump that's so big it clogged the toilet. That he, my my visual is that he called AAA, <laughs> the car people, <laughs> have a roadside assistance, and they and they sent a guy down to just jack up the toilet. You know, to jack it up, and then of course they put reveal. it on a truck. And yeah, left. and then yeah. and just reveal that this pipe is just completely 
you know, filled to the brim with a wide ass poop. Um, <laughs> the size of a tire. Yeah. If yeah, that, that sounds great. If that hasn't pushed you off of listening already, then um, welcome. You're a true listener. Yeah, welcome. It reminds me of the story I think I told three or four years ago when we were staying in, I think, Alabama, which makes this even funnier. <laughs> and I clogged the toilet in our hotel room so badly that they gave up and they just put us in a new room. <laughs> for the night because they they like had maintenance come up and they were like we can't do anything with this that's just i don't remember hearing this yeah that room is just sealed off still like they like to give it up give it up on the the 13th floor you know and like haunted buildings or something like the amount of work that they would have had to do to the plumbing in that whole room it just wasn't worth it so yeah they just sealed it off it's like a fucking catacomb yeah right (laughs) so yeah we've, we've been there we've been there Oh, man. All right. I guess we transition with that. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? You... Let's do it. Yeah, let's transition. So speaking of transition, I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know exactly where this episode's going to go, to be honest. It's so it's so not even half baked. But... Yeah, the, the, it was baked enough that I was like, OK, let's go for it. But your, your explanation <laughs> for this episode was, you know, we're in a time of transition to summer and not summer work and play. That is the episode. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what the Brilliant. hell that means? So explain Brilliant. what you're talking about. Okay. Here's what I'm going to explain. I I am very, like, as we all are, acutely aware of this transition from a very structured time, right, where kids are in school or daycare, or if you're at home, you you know, you take care of them and you have some structure to the day, probably, otherwise you'd go insane. Um, and then we're working and, like, it's pretty clear, and there's at least some uh, transition time to pick up kids from school or to transition with kids. I suppose that's not even true, actually, because like your kids and many get bussed back home. So, so this will be a particularly applicable, actually, because I want to hear what I want to hear is how do we like maintain um, healthy separation between work and life? And I know this is something that I think we have talked about in the past, even during the pandemic, but like. We're now in a state where, you know, this isn't about COVID. It's about the reality of many people working remotely. And even if you're not, um, summer just blurs those boundaries more. Because, like, last week I had a week where the kids were just home with me the whole week. And I still planned on full days of work. And that wouldn't have happened before the pandemic. Like, I don't – I guess it could have, but I don't even know how I would have handled it. Whereas the practice of going through the last couple of years, I was actually not even – you know, I wasn't feeling overwhelmed by that. And in fact, my kids now at age, you know, Grace is almost seven. Luke is four and a half. They were fucking fine. Like they actually were able to just, you know, do things on their own. And I'll get more into how that went. But um, where I'm going with this transition piece is that I've I found it still hard to go from work mode to, to home mode um, with no commute or transition time. And like my brain at the end of a, a busy work day is just fried. And so I was just curious to hear how this has gone for you and, and you know, how we might think about it in summer when there's actually even less sometimes of that transition time. Yeah, I, I think in general, I've benefited from some things that I, I know I'm really lucky about. Like for one thing, my parents are very, very much happy to take the kids whenever. And so if That's it's amazing uh, and, you know, Micah's schedule because it uh, rotates every week now. So it's, you know, she works some weekends, some weekends she doesn't. Um, there's, there are days during the week now where she's home, mm-hmm. like her weekend is happening during the middle of the week. So those are days where we don't need any childcare help and where I can really kind of just buckle down. So like I'll try to schedule 
more of my like project work on days like that because like I need to sure. concentrate on it. And on days when we don't have coverage for my parents and Micah is at work and it's just me with the kids, luckily so far, I mean, I've had enough personal time and things saved up from not having used it where I can really kind of divide the day up a lot. And so sure. what I'll do on days like that, you know, is I'll work for four hours and not work for three hours and kind of yeah, like yeah. have those three hours meted out a little bit, you know? Sure. So like, I feel like a lot of the things that we stumbled into during COVID in terms of like flexible parenting and kids being adaptable and having more self-guided, you know, playtime for the kids just by virtue of needing to get stuff done at home. Like it does feel like it's really paid off a lot in that respect. Yeah. Um, you know, last summer I spent a lot of it feeling just really guilty about this, about like asking my parents, for example, to watch the kids so I could work, but I kind of don't anymore because I think I've, I've realized that they do actually genuinely mean it when they say that they like to do that. That's awesome. Um, that's a and gift. And the kids like it. Yeah. So that's really a gift. But also, you know, I, I, I do deserve time for myself to get my own stuff done. And, um, you know, and if I'm not working every minute of that time, that's okay too. Like if I want to take a bike ride for lunch, you know, that is worth digging into because yeah. what you just said right there, man, that's a struggle as a parent, right? I mean, in, in general, I think it's a struggle as a parent acknowledging that, that you deserve um, sometime yourself to yourself. Yeah. And I, I often, you know, I fight that too, because I think what I found is um, there's a lot of good that's come out of this in terms of more flexibility. And for example, I take lunch breaks, you know what I mean? At work, when we were in the office, I would typically eat at my desk Yeah, and that would be it. And like, there were times where I didn't, or it was more social or whatever, but like oftentimes I would eat at my desk. And so now that's just like a clear marker for me of um, taking a break, which is all the more important when you're just like staring at a screen all day and seeing yourself all day through Zoom and all that. Um, but be, by there's like a double-edged, I've found, to the interweaving of work and life throughout the day where because you are sort of task shifting all throughout the day, right? I might, you know, do the dishes at one point or I might go for a run or do something in the middle and then back to work. But there is like, do you think there's like a, a toll that that's taking mentally to sort of navigate between those all the time. And I'm not saying to the point where I wouldn't choose it over the opposite, but like there is something going on there that I have found to be challenging and, and sort of mentally taxing. Yeah, it, I definitely agree with you. And I also definitely agree that I don't think I would take the alternative again. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not like I'm saying I want to go back into the office. All of the course, time. me neither. But I, I'm feeling like that act of jumping between multiple things all day long uh, has in some ways gotten easier, but in other ways I've kind of gotten worse about it. Like I feel like even just a few months ago, I was so regimented on keeping up with cleaning and laundry and like dishes and vacuuming all the time during the work week. And I've kind of replaced more of that time with like my personal time now. So like yes. with taking time to do a workout or to go for a bike ride, I'm with uh, you. go for a run. And like I, I like I I I've done this. I'm getting to this habit now where like once or twice a week I'll just run as far as I possibly can on the treadmill for the full hour oh. that I'm given for lunch. I th- you know, I thought you were about to say outside, which is an issue, right? Because <laughs> because then by the time you hit that, okay, this is as far as I can go. Yeah, you, you got to get back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So no, on, 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 the on the treadmill. But I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm gonna take 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. off, and like nobody's gonna schedule because yes. we get all these lunch meetings now too, which is sort of frustrating. Oh, I don't fucking I I don't do any I of them. I, I mean. I but like say any of them, but yeah. Then yeah, not, okay. I mean, I, I try to avoid always going to those too because it really we do need that time. But oh, like, yeah. you know, I can run a 10k in that time. Like I can get like real legitimate exercise, and then 
be back at work again. And I've really fallen into this habit of loving that freedom and like yeah. loving the fact that I do have time for myself to really sure. dedicate to myself. And, but because of that, I haven't been as good about chores lately. And I'm, so I'm dealing with this guilt around that too, where I'm like, I know that because I am the one at home that like, yes. I should still be the one primarily doing that all during the week. And like, I'm not disagreeing with that. And also Mike is not telling me that, like, that's me putting that on myself, but it's true. Like I am the one physically here and I do have time to do that. And, you know, we have meetings that get out like for, so for example, at our place of work now, we have meetings that end usually 15 or 10 minutes or five minutes before the hour comes as like a policy now so that we have, we have time to take a break between things. But of course I'm, I'm trying to squeeze in cleaning into those little breaks. Of course. Right. Because I'm home to do it. And then I'm not getting that break. And so, so a lot of what I'm dealing with now is trying to figure out like how to meet out the time for myself throughout the day without feeling bad about it. But then also how to be more gracious with myself about not getting all of the cleaning and shit done that I thought That's, I was going to get done for the day. But it's a, yes. it's a struggle, you know? It is. And then you layer on top of that days where, you know, if this is applicable, where your kids are home too. And like I just described my week last week. And the interesting thing about that for me is that you know, during the pandemic over the last few years, a couple of years, um, is I'm not going to say few years yet. It hasn't been that long. Um, it, it was tougher because the kids were not, they were not adjusted to this idea of just like being home in an unstructured day. And I just, you know, constantly got what is the most annoying question for any parent of like, you know, what should I do now? Um, I was talking to a, to a friend, another dad, local dad the other day about this too. And he was saying how it's like manic. They're just like, what should I do now? What should I do? They, they get so like stressed about, you know, what the next thing should be, whether it's what should, what are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do later? And it's fucking exhausting. To it's so that. funny that you're saying this because I thought that was like just my kids that did oh that. Oh my God. But no, that is like a huge annoying <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yes. And he described how. You know, he felt like he was, every morning he's like a camp counselor. You know, he had to start the day off and just like have everything scheduled yeah. and post activities, right? And I was describing to him how I just, for whatever reason, last week felt like a fucking breakthrough um, because I don't remember how this came about, but I think Grace got the idea or maybe maybe we suggested it. I think it was actually Bethany's idea and we suggested to Grace, hey, why don't you think about what activities you want to do and start like making a schedule for you and Luke? Where she would, because we've we've eased her into this idea of like, all right, you're going to be in charge because dad's going to be working and, you know, mom's out working. You're a grown um, woman now, Grace. Exactly. You can cook. You can Seven clean. years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she was kind of like liking this idea of having more responsibility. And she took to this idea of making a schedule. She literally, <laughs> I don't know why this is how she approached it, but, you know, it just shows you the sort of art mind that she had. She She took a piece of paper and put clear tape over the entire, you know, covered the entire piece of paper, and that became her whiteboard. So she would wow. write. Wow! So she was write that her idea. It. Yeah, it was her what idea. Cool I mean, maybe idea she saw that? this. Who knows? Maybe she saw a video or something for it. That's but, cool. So she, so she made a whiteboard, and she would, you know, what rub it off with her hand, and of course, by the end, it just you couldn't even write on it because it's like <laughs> right. all smudged up. But anyway, she wrote out the day, which was hilarious because it was basically, you know, it was like get dressed, eat, play with magnetiles. Um, you know, uh, uh, go poop, play with magnetiles, like have play with magnetiles. You gotta get like the magnetiles are they take practice, they take discipline. They do, but sense, like they've yeah. had them forever, and for some reason they're just like getting super into them again now. I don't know why, but um, it really it was shocking to me how well it worked. In that I didn't get that question once throughout the day of what should I do next, and I was able to just work, 
and it, it was this weird emotional thing where mostly it was amazing because I'm like, oh, I don't have to feel guilty. Like they're they're fine. They're not unhappy. Oh, yeah. They're loving this. They they also went on like a excursion outside, which involved you know packing a backpack full of stuff and then just going like around the house <laughs> by themselves, um, which was hilarious. And I the other emotion though was like, oh what do I do? Like I, they don't seem to need me as much. So I'll just keep working, which is fine. But then I'm like, I can't do my own thing and do, you know, I can't take the personal time that I would have if they weren't here. That feels weird. Right. Cause I could be spending it with them. It's maybe yeah, it's, there's maybe, the guilt again. See exactly. So I didn't like usually during my lunch hour, practice guitar after I eat. Um, but I didn't do that. Cause I'm like, well, you know, I should probably like check in on them and spend some time with them. I mean, I can't, surely I can't leave them off to their own the entire day. I don't know. Maybe I can, but it's this weird thing that gets laced in where it's like, what degree of my attention are they owed <laughs> or do I have to give just in the same way? It's like, what degree of attention should I be giving to the house or keeping up with it? All these things that when you're working in a physically different space, it doesn't even enter because you can't, you just, you know, you're working. Um, and I, I like the flexibility, but I appreciate that it means I have to sort of erect those boundaries myself or it can get a little too blurred. Yeah. It's, you know, this is almost kind of a separate episode topic, which we might want to revisit at some point, but yeah. for the sake of it coming up now and how it feeds into this, this idea of like the kids having more play autonomy yeah. is something that. I similarly feel like we had a breakthrough like within the last two weeks on like there have been a few days where, you know, I've been working, Mike has been home uh, and the kids have been home and she has been able to just like do yard work and hang out outside. And the kids have just been like playing inside and outside while we've both been getting work done That's awesome. for like the entire day other than like meals. Yeah. And even just this morning, we slept in today for real till like nine o'clock because the kids never came down and they never, you know, and our alarms were going off and they were, were like, I guess the kids are still asleep. The kids have been playing in their room for two hours the whole, and, and we went up and checked uh, on them and they were like building forts and they had all these things. And the um, absolute best. Right up like, there with wow. walking in and seeing them sleep. That might be the absolute best. Because <laughs> <laughs> they could use it. Right. But I was really like, uh, you know, I I really feel like we're turning a corner on that now. And you know what? It might be in part because of what we're talking about today, which is that we're also internally turning corners within ourselves with this stuff, mm. you know, like in terms of not internalizing guilt as much and not feeling the need to structure everything quite so rigidly. Like part of when, I, when I'm home with the kids and I'm getting work done, part of what I like about that is that although I am still getting done what I would normally be getting done in those breaks between things, like I'm just sitting with them and hanging out yeah. or like reading or, you know, they're like with me while I'm doing dishes or something like that. Right. And those, those little like small interactions go a long way because it's like a little check-in. It's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? You know, what you up to? Oh, that's great. Keep right. it up, you know? And sometimes they come in, you know, they'll just cut wander into the basement for a little bit. They know that I'm going to call. So they don't, they're not like, you know, unwieldy about it, but they might just ask me a question or whatever. And that hasn't felt like as big of a deal as it used to be. It wasn't like, yeah. a, no, get away. You know Remember what I mean? Remember we used to be scared about that? Like we used to, we used <laughs> to like throw the laptop down or something. Remember the classic video of the guy doing a news uh, interview, yeah. right? And, and his kids wander in in the background and he, you know, freaks Yeah, and his out. wife's yeah. like running in and grabbing right, the dog. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do you do you remember how different it used to be? And now it's just, we're so used to seeing that happening all the time. It's like, who who gives a shit People anymore? enjoy, at least in our workplace, you know, they enjoy. Yeah, everybody being, smiles and goes, oh, hi, it's so nice to see you again. Right, you know? right. Right. 
so that I think is indicative of a larger journey that we're taking as people within this, where like we're just not quite so uptight about having everything appear like it. Because at the end of the day, what are we really saying when we're getting nervous about our kids walking in? We're saying that we're pretending that we're living things the way they used to be. Mm. Because the kids would never yeah. come into the office. And so because of that, you know, we don't want people to think that our kids are in our workspace because then we're probably not really in our workspace or something. Yeah, yeah. And that is gone. Like that whole idea of having to be so, you know, clearly delineated between what was work and what was home is gone. Yes. So I guess in that vacuum now, we we are what we're talking about today, which is so like, what does that transition look like? And like, how do you navigate it now where there aren't those clear lines anymore? But it's really interesting that that you're bringing that up because the, because my kids in particular, that whole like, what do we do now, dad? Like, well, what are we going to do? I don't know. I'm bored. What are we going to do next? Like that was driving me absolutely crazy for Not such right. a long time. Mm-hmm. And it really like in the last couple of weeks has just stopped. And maybe it's because, you know, it's probably because without school providing structure for them every day, they don't have that same level of micromanagement going on, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is, also, of course, what summer should be, right? Like, just it is unstructured. What summer and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what it was like for us. I mean, I, I wasn't all micromanaged during... I mean, my parents didn't even know where I was half the time. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. So, so I do feel like we are all kind of getting to a place where we're re-associating ourselves with being more relaxed about the divisions between things. And that extends to our kids being more relaxed about the divisions between things in their own days and feeling more agency over that themselves, I think. Exactly. And so then the question that I come back to here, maybe it's not so much to be more specific, you know, transitions is an aspect of it, but maybe it's about boundaries, right? And when everything gets sort of um, pushed together or woven together is a kinder way of saying that in ways that offer a lot of benefits, right? To be have that flexibility. And I think there's even always was a case for um, not thinking in this framework of work-life balance, right? That actually in and of itself can be problematic, um, in that it puts that it puts them at odds with each other, and there's a natural tension there. Now, I know there is an actual intent. There is or can be a real tension, right? When work overwhelms your ability to be present with your kids or at home or all that. So I'm not trying to discount that. But you know, is there a case to be made for work that can be more woven into your day, where you are also taking care of kids and if so, because I think we're kind of leaning towards that. If so, are th- is there also still a case for some boundaries that we put up so that we can check out, we can go on vacations or spend quality time with our kids without paying attention to a phone? You know, that's the stuff that it's not even just the obvious stuff like a phone and checking your email and stuff. It's the mental part that I think about, you know, where I I leave the end of a work day. I just walk upstairs and I focus on making dinner, but my brain space is still not great sometimes, right? I'm still like just fucking, not even I had a bad day. It's just so filled up. <laughs> and so are there walls or boundaries that we should be or could be setting up to maybe um, better transition into that space? Yeah, that's a really good point And something that I feel even more than usual lately I've been kind of struggling with, especially because I feel like I'm having a harder time getting through the amount of stuff that needs to get done. And yes. so because of that, I'm sort mm-hmm. of, I'm leaving work with this sense of like a shit. Like I got to remember for tomorrow. Like <laughs> Exactly. So what, what I've been doing lately that's been helpful is at five o'clock, I write down the things that I know I need to address 
in the morning, like things mm-hmm. that I was in the middle of doing or, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of, for me, a lot of my stress comes from like the amount of ways in which we can communicate with each other. Cause we have, you know, yes. messaging platforms and email and text messaging, and it's all kind of all over the place. And it becomes, I find sometimes that it can be hard to project manage things or make it for kind sure. of hard to like keep track of where things are sitting, like who has it at a given point. So to get that out of my head, I'll kind of write it down and I'll make like a list of what I know I want to look at first thing in the morning. And then I know that I can trust that list so I don't have to trust my head and I can like free my mind up I again. I think that's huge you for know? sure. I similarly, you know, I use, we use Asana. Um, I mean, I've used a whole slew of different uh, task management tools in the past as well. Trello is a great one. But the idea of just having some clear list that you can count on and that you don't have to rely on your brain to keep track of all that, I totally agree because it can just be so overwhelming. And in fact, I do it. For things that I know I need to do, I'll use my work to-do list to add things that I know, like during my lunch break, I need to follow up on, you know, paying a bill or like whatever, that kind of stuff. Because then it's just all in one place and I don't have to be like splintering my to-do lists, which becomes more overwhelming as well. Right, right. So that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and the it's important also to note that the to-do lists, like you're saying, aren't just for work. And so like, there's also this bleed over from home stuff into work stuff. Like two days in the last two weeks for me have been totally steamrolled by home care things like our air conditioner broke. And so like, that was the whole, you know, I had to wait around for the service technicians to come. And then when they were here, I had to be with them because I had to like help turn things on and off. So I had to like miss meetings and I had to, you know, and so there was this whole, and then I was like, oh my God, how much is this going to cost? We have this Italy trip coming up, you know, like all that stress. And so then when I went back to work in the afternoon, like I was really fixated on that too. Of course. Um, So yeah, I think the idea of getting it all in one place is probably good, but it also, you know, I think this idea of work-life balance, part of why it's problematic is what you're saying about how it's like inherently antagonistic because to see if two things balance, they have to be opposed from one each other in the first place, right? That's right. From one another. And so now that we have like this like really eroded division between work and life, like it's more about like how we deal with the continuum of getting Mm. things accomplished and not worrying about the, our inability to accomplish things. And so whether that means like, you know, getting it all out, like you're saying, or whether it means like choosing careers that aren't as stressful. Like I I think a lot of people are doing that too, where they're taking stock of their life and they're being like, you know, I was in the office for 70 hours every week and I don't really want that anymore. So I'll take like a lower paying job. It means I'm home. I think a lot of people are also dealing with it through that, you know, through making decisions about their life priorities too. Right. I do wonder if we'll get to a place where, you know, the idea of structuring eight hour work days or, or five day weeks, it just, you know, obviously it's already on this path to some extent by nature of what's happened over the last couple of years. But um, there's something to be said about, you know, having work styles that work for you and that are are woven into your, your personal days as well so that when you're feeling it, you can do the right work. And I know that's, you know, there's a lot of complexity there, especially meetings, right? The fact that meeting synchronously with someone means that we have to have some overlap. But I think we're seeing some interesting evolution at least of of that flexibility and and our ability to get work done at certain times that you know otherwise we wouldn't have been working or whatever um again i keep coming to the flip side of all this and and just trying to think through the the naturally there are going to be some downsides to that you know and i think it is this like keeping a clear sort of mental division between some of our time so that we're able to not see it all go towards work or all go towards home and at the at the sake of work and you know, one of the things I appreciated 
as I, I cite often in that 4,000 weeks book, um, was the idea that like, it's also by thinking of it on a continuum, you're able to better um, consider that some weeks you're just not going to be fully on with work or home. And that's okay too. Like it's the rhythm, right? And it's that you're sort of netting out <laughs> in a good place. You're getting your work done. You're you're getting the right things done at home. But there are some weeks where you kind of have to stretch yourself more in one direction or the other, right? You might have a big project and you, realistically you're spending more time on work than you were on, on home stuff. And there might be a week where you've got a lot of stressful stuff going on at home. And that should be okay too because that's, that's always been the case. The difference now is how we look at that, right? And can we give ourselves the freedom to think like that's actually okay. It's okay if I spend more time on work and maybe don't give the kids as much attention today because I have to get this done. It's okay tomorrow if, you know, I have to take the kids to a doctor appointment and do all this extra stuff, um, which means I'm not as present at work. Like that's just life, isn't it? Yeah, and and it feels like but before I get back to that, <laughs> something else that you said earlier that I want to go back to in terms yeah, of said, the, the meetings. Yeah, I rambled on quite a bit there. Well, no, just just in terms of meetings, for me, something that I'm doing more in meetings that I'm responsible for is considering doing like a, a kickoff meeting and then having asynchronous work time yeah. after the fact for like yeah. two days where people can just chime in on a document together or chime in on, you know, something nice. that we're collaborating I want to hear on. more about that at work, yeah. And so that's been really useful because like I think we all work better if like we can do it on our own time and we can we can have time to really think about it. And a lot of people especially cuz the types of meetings that I'm typically facilitating are kind of creative sessions, right? And yep, so yep. like if if not everybody's feeling it or if everybody hasn't quite digested the material yet or they're still kind of have questions about it that they want to look more up on. For sure. You know, there'll be a lot more quiet in the in the actual meeting because like they just don't have anything to say yet. So instead of like expecting everybody to to produce right away, you know, it's been kind of nice being like, okay, let's like get back by close of business Wednesday. Here's a link to where you can input your stuff. I'll check in with you. That's been really good. But yeah. um, going back to to the other thing about productivity and schedules and things, like it's becoming increasingly clear to me how tied to the the industrial revolution so much of our lives oh, is. Oh my god! You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, and like everything from health insurance being tied to your employment, which is super That's fucked right. up to the fact that we are expected to work like factory workers, like the it's, type of work that you and exactly. I do and the type of work that like most people we know do isn't like that. Like we're not pumping out 700 pairs of shoes a week. We can't like <laughs> measure it and things like That's that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. we're doing, you know, different meetings in different time zones and we're working on things that take a month to do. And we're going back and forth and having conversations with people. And it's, it's work that doesn't need to be as time bound, like the time bound nature of it can afford to be at the level of like the month or the quarter for a lot of it. That's right. As opposed to like getting this money things done in 40 hours this week. Yes. And um and I think we we have this like this friction that I feel less than I used to, but I do still feel where I like there are days where I don't really know exactly what I'm supposed to do at work cuz yeah. like I finished yeah. the thing I was working on and like nobody's around. Um, and I'm trying to like get okay with the idea of using the time that we like the personal time that we have and the PTO that we have yeah. to like to be like, okay, well, then I'm, I guess I'm not going to like, well, I'll come back tomorrow and like be more rested and try something new out um, and not feeling like bad about that. So I think, Completely. you know, I was talking to somebody in our town uh, a couple weeks ago. He, you know, moved from LA and had been in film and production and was really, really busy and had this crazy schedule. Oh, I can imagine in that world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, and he, you know, used to really thrive on that. And then they moved out here because of family and got a nice little house and they're like really enjoying, um, 
the rhythm of that and got like a day job with a tech company that is remote work and it's very flexible. And he's like, sometimes I'm just like sitting in the yard and I'm like, I think I'm just going to stay sitting in the yard for a while. <laughs> it's like really nice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a lot of us are kind of coming to that realization because like our parents for the most part really had the rat race mentality where everything right. was just like you work as hard as you can you go in sick you go in tired you don't take paternity leave you know you don't you know quote unquote pussy out of things right right, right. you don't take any sick time um and then like they retire miserable people with you know cardiovascular disease and they yes hate it you know and I think this is a really good opportunity for us, for those of us who have the incredible luxury of having flexibility with our time and our finances in the first place, to like take stock of that and see if that's how we really want. And and the way to do that, I think, is by helping those, helping to at once control the boundaries between life and work a little more, but also being more willing to be flexible when they do get pushed to see like why they're getting pushed a certain way and if we're comfortable with that, you know? I think so for sure. And and again, you know, from that 4000 weeks book, one of the things that I keep coming back to is the idea of avoiding the instrumental instrumentalization of time, right? Yeah, because that's that right. did yeah. come out of the industrial revolution. It did come out of this idea that we're factory workers and that we we have work certain designated times in order to then spend our time living out life on weekends, right? The concept of a weekend, <laughs> all of that came out of that and and so I think yeah, I think it's interesting to consider um, a different path in the long run. I'm, I don't know how much we'll see during our lifetime, but I do feel like we're not going to, this isn't going to continue in the way that we know it now, that work um, structure. And it's going to keep shifting, I think, in directions that probably are good. Um, just practically speaking, a couple of things I'll mention is, you know, I do feel like I want to have more rituals to help me um, transition between them. And some of them are the obvious in terms of just getting outside, going for walks, things that help separate the day that act as sort of commutes, I do still find helpful and I don't do it enough. And I, I think I want to get better um, about that now that it's summer and I'm not just walking the kids to school. I have to like consciously, you know, push myself out there. Um, but I think some of that is also a nice way to mark time and help transition between the two because I do still think there's there's something there. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, and I think, uh, that's all part of the adventure that we're on is like, you know, our lives are more fully ours now in a lot of ways. So like, yeah. what decisions do we make about it? Just like our kids, like what decisions do they make with the time that they have that really is more truly theirs now that they're not being micromanaged as much. Um, I think we're at the beginning of a amazing journey. And I have to say, in my opinion, like we are going to see this kind of change within our lifetime because within two years we experienced like the incredible seismic shift That's true. that so many people have been talking about for, for so long yeah. and it like happened. Like, so now it's just a matter of, you know, what do we do with this new environment that we're in? There's no going back. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you there's definitely right no that. going back. So well, you, got, you got a guitar to go by, so I'm going to let you go. <laughs> But, Hopefully um, you see me again with a guitar and it's not a news story of me just being like uh, kidnapped. I don't Why would anyone kidnap an adult man? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> held ransom in a brown paper bag. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, and, and hopefully you see me again and we haven't just relocated <laughs> permanently to Europe. I mean, I get You'll why if out. you do. Yeah, I yeah, understand. It's been a rough couple of weeks in the United States. Oh, my God. Indeed. We could still do this. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right, my friend. Hope you have a great vacation. I hope all of you out there listening have wonderful summers. We will talk to you again at some point this summer, I think. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Yeah. Talk soon. Hang in there, everybody. Bye. Bye.